welcome to our first official episode of 338, the Canadian Political Podcast. My name is Max. And I'm Cole, and uh, today we're going to be talking to you about our major parties and party leaders, um, some of the big things going on in Canadian politics at the moment, some new announcements that we've uh, found out about, and uh, yeah. Just going to get some terms out of the way as well. Um, a bit of housekeeping first. We are now available on three different platforms, Anchor.fm, Spotify, and Player.fm. We are currently waiting for approval on Apple Podcasts. We hope that maybe even by the time that this episode gets released, we are approved by Apple Podcasts, but we're not quite holding on to hope yet. Um, yeah, so let's just jump into it. Uh, Canada has five or six major political parties, depending on who you ask. The Conservatives, the Liberals, the New Democratic Party, the Greens, the Bloc Québécois, and some people may or may not include the People's Party of Canada as well. Uh, Cole, do you want to talk a little bit about the Conservative Party? Yeah, so the Conservative Party is uh, one of our two major parties, um, including the Liberals and Conservatives. They're usually the ones who get election results in this country. Um, the Conservatives are run by Aaron O'Toole, who is uh, an MP from Durham, Ontario. Um, the party's in a bit of an identity crisis right now. It's it's really dealing with uh, social conservative conservatism versus physical conservatism and where they meet in the middle. Um, the Conservative Party has a lot of social conservatives and a lot of people who just vote for them based on their economic policy. So they're kind of trying to figure out who they are and how they fit into a modern Canada, I feel like. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different um, types of groups that fall into the Conservative Party. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the three of the main, three or four of the main people who um, ran for Conservative Party leadership, you can definitely tell there was a bit of a split. Uh, Peter McKay, he was a bit more progressive, progressive, progressive conservative. Yeah. yeah. And then there was Derek Sloan, who was a very social conservative. And I, at the end, they ended up choosing Aaron O'Toole, who's a bit of a moderate conservative, bit, bit of a moderate conservative. I mean, but... He's questionable. I mean, uh, you know, he brought up, I remember he was talking something to do with the university in uh, Ontario. He was talking to the young conservatives there and he was saying how uh, residential schools were a good experience for some Indigenous people, which is debatable when you know the history of this country. So um, I'm sure not everyone had a bad time. I guess you can't make a broad statement, but yeah. I don't think it was a good time for anyone considering it was a cultural genocide. So Yeah, um, definitely. That's something that we can get into more on in another episode when it yeah. comes to the history of Canadian politics. And he's also a big supporter of oil and gas, which is um, a pretty controversial topic in this country right now. Uh, with Alberta's oil fields obviously being a huge economic um, booster for Alberta, um, whereas we here in British Columbia aren't necessarily huge fans of the oil and gas industry. Yep. Um, um, do you want to discuss a little about where about where they have a stronghold? The conservative party. The conservative, yeah, Alberta. So Alberta is a conservative stronghold. Um, more rural kind of places in this country. Um, it really depends where you are. I mean, regionalism in Canada is a huge thing. Right. Um, each region of Canada has quite a different identity than other regions, which is weird because we're a country that really doesn't feel like we have an identity uh, or yeah. a common culture because we are made up of so many different groups of people. Um, so, you know, the Conservatives really hold well in the Prairie Provinces. Alberta, I believe they hold almost every seat except for one in Edmonton that went to the NDP. Um, they hold a lot of seats in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, uh, quite a few here in BC as well. 
uh, more so towards the east of the province. But, yeah, definitely um, away from the two major cities that we have. Yeah. Two of the major cities that we have here. Yeah. Uh, they definitely hold in Kelowna more than they hold in <laughs> Vancouver and Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> which, we'll, which we'll get into a bit later yeah. with Victoria. Um, um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty popular among that uh, that part of the country, which is definitely more of a conservative, more religious um mm-hmm family values part of the country um compared to where we live let's say vancouver or toronto or montreal um which are more um leaning towards liberal ideas and thinking um yeah aaron o'toole though he's he's a new leader of the party too after uh andrew Shear, which right he's <laughs> there's a lot to dive into with andrew Shear. um <laughs> but uh He's he's new, and I think he's really dealing with a lot of what the party's been trying to struggle with with this identity. identity um, because, you know, he has some social conservative policies, mm-hmm. but he's also more physically conservative, has some liberal kind of more thinking. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Aaron O'Toole has a big challenge ahead of him. I think that we're living in a world where... Uh, the right is going further right and the left is going further left. That is true. Um, in this country, I like to think the majority of the population is going to further left. Mm-hmm. Um, and where does he and his party kind of fit into this country where we have places like Alberta, which are definitely going further to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the country is kind of moving more towards the left. Yeah. And then like, it's, it's important to say that like 60% of the country votes center or center of left. Right. Mm-hmm. And Conservative, like the Conservative Party of Canada, is a bit different in than the Republican Party in the United States. It's very different, in fact, because well, the Conservative Party here is definitely more socially <laughs> liberal and probably even more fiscally liberal than the Republican Party down yeah. south. Um, honestly, it's 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 a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, but as Canadians yeah. to us, they could mm-hmm. be extremely right wing to us because in Canada we definitely have a. Um, more tolerance for social programs, and we yeah. we appreciate our social programs way more than I think our neighbors to the south do. Um, so when a conservative is like, "Oh, I want to cut this social program because you know mm-hmm. that's historically what they've done," yeah, um, you you look at it and you go, "Whoa, like that's my social program. Like, don't cut that on me. Like, people need this." Well, um, like if you, if you look at the popular vote throughout the country, like sixty four percent of the country votes for a party that is center of left. Yeah, so, well, I think the conservatives got like thirty six percent last election. I, popular I vote. think we'll have to look into it. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think you're too far off. They got they had more than the liberals. Yeah, um, which we'll get into. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, anything else to discuss about the conservative party? They're, yeah, they're they're center right. They're not very right. They're uh, they've been in actually some controversy lately too. Um, oh gosh, I don't remember her name, but she's she's in charge of the party. Uh, she's one of the head um, mm. leaders of the party. Uh, I, I want to say her name's Candace, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Mm. Um, she was seen wearing uh, "Make America Great Again" <laughs> Trump stuff, and um, you know, in Canada, I think even conservatives have little tolerance for Trump. Oh no! Trust yeah. me, I have I have a few conservative friends that I talk to, and they definitely, I can say maybe one or two of them has any sort of troll tolerance for the Trump and the Republican Party right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but regarding Aaron O'Toole, where he he runs out of Durham, he runs out of Durham, Ontario. It's decently rural, but it has like a bit of an urban undertone, and it's I think it's pretty good that the conservatives are able to hold 
at least like a seat in like an urban area, right? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, mm-hmm. they did the same here in Vancouver, though. I mean, it depends on population, and we see the different populations in this country vote differently. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at Richmond Center. It's a very strong immigrant-based uh, riding, um, high Chinese-Canadian population, and they vote conservative. Um, a party that would lower immigration or, you know, put more thought into who they let in. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's a riding where basically the riding was built on immigration. I mean, the whole city of Richmond is yeah. pretty, pretty much built on 60 to 70 percent. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we have a party that's here that doesn't necessarily reflect uh, what most immigrants want to see in government and policy. Right. Um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I I think, um, you know, they have a hold in Richmond, Langley. Um, again, a little bit more of a conservative uh, family values kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a little bit more urban. Um, but you would never see them do well in, let's say, Quebec. Quebec. Uh, that's a strained relationship between conservatives and the Quebecois. Mm-hmm. Um, you would never probably see them do well in a city like Montreal. Right. Uh, Toronto. Uh you know, in the city of Vancouver itself, yeah. uh, you know, I don't see the Conservatives ever doing very well in Vancouver City Centre or Vancouver East, the NDP stronghold of the century. I mean, um, <laughs> shout, shout out to Jenny Kwan. Jenny Kwan, yeah. So um, I don't see the Conservatives ever doing super well in these kinds of places that are definitely more left leaning, mm. more liberal and um these places that definitely have more social issues going on mm-hmm. um, than these rural ridings where, you know, religion is a bigger factor and um, especially Christianity, which is, I think is the religion that the conservative party definitely relates to the most. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see them doing crazy well in the future. I think, I think once they figure out where their party is uh, ideologically, um, they will have an easier time getting more seats. <laughs> All right, and uh, last thing to talk about the Conservative Party, they are the official opposition of mm-hmm. the Canadian Parliament. Do you want to explain exactly what the official opposition means? So basically the official opposition is the second, uh, well, I guess the second party in Parliament, which the second most seats. So right, right now our official party is the Liberals, it's the minority government, mm-hmm. um, but they have, they have managed to make it work. Um, the Conservatives came in second. Um, the Conservatives definitely gained a lot of seats from our uh, prior prior election, right? Um, which we can get into too more when we talk about the Liberal Party and how they've been in power for the last almost six years. Wow. Yeah, well, they did their full four, and then 2019, 2020, and 2021, yeah. almost six years. Um, we can kind of get into that and how the Conservatives gained a few seats. Uh, but they did, definitely did not do as well as they predicted in 2019. Yeah. Um, I think there were some areas where they thought they were going to do a lot more. Sure. Uh, yeah especially here in our own riding of Delta. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the Conservatives really thought they had a, a stronger chance. I remember Andrew Shear came here um, into Tawasson and did a, a campaign announcement in Tawasson on the beach. Um, and, you know, why Delta? It's such an obscure place, <laughs> um, especially yeah. in the lower mainland. I mean, we are a bit more rural, mm-hmm. um, but... Well, it depends on where It depends where you are in the city. It's, it's yeah. a little bit more rural to the south, to the north. It's a little bit more urbanized, more like mm-hmm. Surrey. Um, but still, it, it's a place that conservatives had traditionally done well, but now they're not. Um, you know, we did have a bit of a riding change, but the, the conservatives have been not doing as great in this riding, which is interesting. 
Uh, because it's a place definitely where I feel like South Delta has a lot more family values. Again, religion is the bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Um, conservatism, it's a lot more of higher class people, which uh, not always, but do have a tendency to yep. feel conservative. Um, and you look at West Van. Are they? Are they West, West Van? No, West Van's a liberal writer. Oh, really? Uh, West Van, Sea oh. to Sky Country. It goes from uh, West Vancouver, Squamish to Whistler. Oh, I learned something today. All right. <laughs> All right. Parts of the Sunshine Coast. But. Moving on. Uh, the next part that we have to talk about are the Liberal Party of Canada. Uh, they are headed by our very own Prime Minister, Justin Pierre Trudeau. And he runs out of the riding of Papineau in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the leaders of the minority government. They are, and they they previously had held a majority. Um, Justin Trudeau's kind of rise to power in 2015 was a pretty big deal for our country after Harper. Right. Um, the Conservatives had Harper for a long time in power. And it's definitely a decade, right? Like yeah, definitely, definitely a decade. Most of our life was Harper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, you know... Trudeau came in and he he did make some big changes right off the bat, mm-hmm. um, especially regarding queer issues such as Bill C-16, the transgender rights um, yeah. um, bill. He has renegotiated NAFTA with the help of his deputy prime minister, Christopher Freeland. Mm-hmm. Um, they have gone and redone the entire EI system with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, CERB was a really big public policy that I think uh, we're still trying to figure out if it was a good thing or a bad thing based on how we're taxed for it. But um, it, it was it helped a lot, didn't it? Yeah. Um, it helped a lot of people. That two thousand dollars a month saved a lot of people financially. I, I like to think. <laughs> um, and you know, we've we've really got to see what Trudeau's government did in those four years, and now I think we're really trying to see what they'll do in a minority government. Right. Um, I, I think that it's a good thing that the Liberals are pretty fiscally conservative compared and a bit socially liberal. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is a most socially liberal government we've ever had. Yeah. And the government's very progressive. Uh, like you said, those, there's Bill C-16. Uh, Gender-neutral cabinet. Right, the gender-neutral cabinet. Uh, included people with disabilities, like our own MP in his cabinet, Carla. She's uh, she's legally blind. Um, Paralympian, you know, there, Yeah, Paralympian. There's a gay member of cabinet. Um, All right. Uh, uh, Seamus O'Regan, I believe is his name. He's, he's a gay member of cabinet. Uh, there's lots of different women in cabinet. Marianne Monsef, um, I believe. Christian Freeland. Christian Freeland. Um, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Catherine. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's the she's the minister of, I, I believe, of like rural economic development and like rural um, infrastructure. Who's the minister of defense? Again? Minister Harjit Sajjan. Right. Which is a really big move, actually. I feel like having mm-hmm. a South Asian person as our um, Minister of Defense. That's that sends a message. That and really sends a message, and it's inspiring. I mean, especially here in places like uh, the Lower Mainland and the Greater Toronto area, uh, high South Asian populations, mm-hmm. and it's great to see you represented in um, government. And I think this government has done a good job at that. Um, I know from my personal experience watching them have gay candidates even here in Vancouver in the last election. It inspired me tremendously to see you know, a queer man on stage talking about being queer and running for government. So um, that was really nice. I think there have been some downfalls. Uh, SNC-Lavalin, um, uh, the pipeline, um, Jody Wilson-Raybould's exit out of cabinet. Um, 
and the party. Um, She's still holding on to that seat, though. She's yeah, still holding on to that seat. Our polling says otherwise now, but... <laughs> what is it, Vancouver-Granville? Vancouver-Granville. Vancouver-Granville. It's a pretty odd right. riding, to be honest. It, it goes from, like, uh, Fairview, Kitsilano, kind of, to, all, like... All the way down to, like, Marine Drive, right? Marine Drive, wow. and then it's Joyce Murray's riding, and <laughs> Sudgen, and Petty Fry, and um, big names. Which one's Sudgen's riding? Sudden Vancouver South. Vancouver South. Okay. So Vancouver South is Sudden. Uh, Vancouver Quadra UBC is Joyce Murray. Vancouver City Center is uh, Hetty Fry. Yeah. And then you get into Vancouver Kingsway and some NTP ridings. What a further east. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about what the uh, Liberals platform is? Yeah. So the Liberals really platformed in this last campaign on continuing their work that they had done from 2015. I think that some of the big things were climate change. They really made a big deal about climate change and how they're going to tackle that. Um, he introduced a new minister of the environment with that uh, new uh, government. So uh, Jonathan Wilkinson from North Vancouver mm-hmm. is now our minister of the environment. Um, he also, I think, really put an emphasis on kind of trying to reunite Canada from regionalism, mm-hmm. which, which is, is a, such a big topic in Canada such a big right topic. now. Regionalism is such a big thing in this country at the moment, um, especially out west where we live. If, if you guys want to do yourself a favor, check out this website called 338 Canada. It's the one-stop one shop for all of the, like, it shows the Canada's map and where what each writing is politically. And if you look at the middle of the map, it's blue, which represents the Conservative Party in Canada compared to the United States. And then the further east you go towards the um maritime provinces a little bit more red it's a lot more red and then you'll have a little bit of speckles of like orange in there especially yeah. along the west coast near vancouver and vancouver BC, island yeah and like it when you look at the map the green party has like what three ridings fredericton three. uh fredericton nanaimo uh nanaimo ladiesmith sorry mm-hmm. and um has Spanish Gulf Islands. Spanish Gulf Islands, right. Yeah, which would be Elizabeth May uh, riding. Former party leader of the Green yeah. Party. Only um, only party, only um, leader of a party that I personally met. She was very nice. Yeah? But Yeah, I've I've had uh, the ability to meet uh, Andrew Shear when he was party leader. I've met Trudeau several times, and uh, I've met Jake Meesing once. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I met him once. Um, it was interesting. Um, and then re- regarding the map, there's also, when you look at Quebec, like half of it is light blue, which yeah. represents the Bloc Québécois, which we'll get into a bit later. But, <laughs> Even more on regionalism. <laughs> we, uh, talk, we talked a little bit about the geography of the Liberal Party. Yeah, um, they do better in big cities. Yeah, uh, Toronto being probably, Toronto, Montreal probably being their biggest sources of seats. Surrey. Surrey is another place. Um, even if you look at the 2015 election, I mean, we had Surrey Newton, Surrey City Center, um, mm-hmm. Port Kells Fleetwood, uh, Vancou- uh, sorry, uh, White Rock South Surrey. That's impressive. Cloverdale, Langley City. Those mm-hmm. were all liberal ridings. We lost some of them in this past election. Um, but I mean, that's, that's, I think it's indicative of the population that lives there. Um, right. Surrey is a very interesting city um, in terms of its social needs as well as mm-hmm. its rapid growth. Um, like it's there's a good chance it's gonna surpass Vancouver within like I think it was like ten to twenty years maybe yeah. by twenty thirty six. It think. would not be too surprising. <laughs> um, and you know they do very well in the city of Vancouver, especially the more west you go in Vancouver towards um, uh, Vancouver City Center, UBC, kind mm-hmm. of the Granville Main Street area. They do pretty well. 
Um, and they do well here in Delta as well. And throughout um, all of downtown Toronto as well, downtown pretty much, Toronto. Too. And the North Shore, all the North Shore ridings here in right. BC are uh, liberal. Um, and they're actually, it's interesting, I was looking at 338 Canada. They're doing pretty well in Victoria, which is surprising, um, because the island overall is a green and NDP haven. They right. always have those seats. Well, at least we thought. Um, and now we're kind of looking at it. We're going, oh, maybe the Liberals might do well in Victoria. But is that indicative of Victoria becoming more of a fast-growing city than yeah. it was before? Like um, a lot of the young families are moving there. Trudeau's done a lot for young families over the last yeah, five, six so years. That's something else we can talk about, the child benefit. That was a huge social program that I think mm-hmm. um, people really appreciated. I mean, it depends on your income. It depends on how much you and your partner make or you just make with your child. And uh, it puts money every month for children to be able to do sports or be able to buy your kids food. I mean, I think it was one of the best social programs he came out with mm-hmm. um, in his time so far in office. And it's something that I know the party is probably really proud about as well. Oh, I'd imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you, can I get a bit of a comparison to the United States and so the Liberal Party? I think that um, this is going to be not so great i think i think the liberal party is more of a kamala harris kind of party mm-hmm. uh and you know we're not really the the, the problem is with care comparing canadian political parties to american political parties is they have two yeah and, and we have those like two five. parties encompass a lot of different kinds of people i mean mm-hmm. on the democrat side you have the people who are like kamala harris who are a little bit more moderate and, you know mm-hmm. i think they're a little bit more physically responsible but they're also very socially responsible um you have people like AOC who maybe don't think, well, I th- actually think AOC's economic policy is okay, but, um, you know, definitely not as strict as the liberals in Canada. Right. Uh, she falls more towards where the NDP sit in Canada. Yeah. Um, she's, friends with, she's friends with the party leader of the NDP, Jagmeet yeah. Singh. So, I mean, it's hard to compare. I would say, um, you know, I think the liberal party is pretty close to like where most moderate left democrats mm-hmm. sit you know not too too socially left but also not too socially right and economically right they're just kind of that sweet spot in the center um and i think that's actually why they do so well in this country but yeah i was i was about to ask um because they can sort of appease a lot of the conservative mm-hmm. maybe like farther left in the conservative party mm-hmm. they that part and they can also appease the non-social conservatives the non-social conservatives right and then there's also the their social policies mm-hmm. which are very indicative of the ndp they and the ndp work on a lot of things mm-hmm. including the proud boy stuff which we'll get into later um that's to say that they um made it uh what, what was it sorry with, with, regarding the proud boys oh, the terrorist, terrorist organization yeah, yeah liberals and the ndps work together on that we'll get into that in a bit um yeah, but maybe it's time to move on to the NDP, uh, Jagmeet Singh. Jagmeet Singh. All right. So the NDP is the fourth place party as of this episode. Uh, personally, as an NDP, it's just kind of embarrassing having them beat out by the Bloc Québécois in the last election. But maybe that's indicative of one thing or another. Um, they are our center-left party, and they are very socially and socially liberal and fiscally liberal as well. Um, They're pretty socialist. Um, Probably the closest thing we have to socialism in North America is a unified party that does well. Uh, The subdivision that we live in is run by the NDP. 
Yeah, the provincially. The pr provincially, they're run by the NDP. And it is very... Like, it's, it's a little bit different than other politics in North America, yeah. right? Because it's very socially liberal very fiscally very fiscally liberal and it one can say that it's the only democratically socialist subdivision in the americas i believe i saw a map or some sort of statistic about that a few weeks ago which i think i personally think is pretty cool yeah. i know that we differ a bit when it comes to that um the party leader of the ndp is jagmeet singh he's been so since the year 2017 when he replaced uh robert Mul thomas mulcair thomas mulcair, Tom yeah. thomas mulcair as party leader um he, I believe he's the first Sikh Canadian to run yes, as, so. uh, to be a party leader. Um, and he runs out of Burnaby South BC, which probably isn't his best riding to run out of. Not, not the smartest riding to go out of. Um, <laughs> if you look at population and I mean, if we, if we look at how people vote, mm -hmm. South Asian people actually typically have a tendency to vote liberal. Mm -hmm. Um, and Chinese people have a tendency to work, vote conservative. Mm -hmm. And those are the two biggest population groups probably in his writing. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's an interesting choice. He's holding on. But He's like... holding on. He didn't win by a huge margin back mm -hmm. in 27, uh, no, when did he run? 2018, I believe. Honestly, he'd be better off running out of the island or somewhere along mm -hmm. those lines. Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Nanaimo, but you can't you can't take that away from Mr. Paul Manley. Yeah, can't not, you, don't so. take away the one the one green seed. <laughs> um, Jagby Singh's an interesting guy. Yeah. You know, he I think is very popular among his own party. And and the youth of the country yeah. a lot of the youth of the country. Yeah, but I think among other voters, mm -hmm. especially whether you be liberal, conservative, lock, green. I don't yeah. think he's a very popular figure. He's not necessarily a politician per mm -hmm. se. Like he's more of a he tries to be as likable as possible. Mm -hmm. TikTok. And, and yeah, he he he's very in touch <laughs> with the youth. He's on TikTok. Man, I sound old when I'm saying that. I <laughs> promise you, I'm turning twenty. Yeah, <laughs> we're only turning twenty. We're just nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I I don't find a lot of problem with Jagmeet Singh aside from uh, I think that. He's not an effective politician. I don't oh, think he's. Yeah, no. the, I don't think he's the most effective leader for the NDP. Mm -hmm. I think he's one of those politicians who's great. Um, I think his policy ideas are okay, in my opinion. I mean, I set a little bit more center mm -hmm. uh, than you do, but um, I think that he's not effective. I think that yes, he get, he knows how to attract the youth. Yeah, but those people aren't voting for you. Well, like at a at a certain point. You're able to sacrifice. You you have to sacrifice your values when you're in charge. Mm -hmm. So like Trudeau has had to do that a little bit. Yeah. And same with like O'Toole and Sheer when he was in power. Mm -hmm. When you're the fourth place party, you don't really need to sacrifice what you stand for. You bring it up in parliament, and <laughs> the liberals try and tweak it a bit. The conservatives tweak it a bit. The block tweak it a bit. The block it tweak it, tweak it a bit. <laughs> little Quebecois flavor in the policy. The green tries to make it a little more environmental. Yeah. And then bam, you got yourself a policy made by the NDP. Like. I don't think that we're as left-wing as a country as they would like. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? We're pretty socially progressive. They're they're the party who's really in touch with indigenous rights in mm -hmm. the country, or at least they try to be because they don't hold much power. Yeah. Um, trust me, I love them. Provincially, we can see that, though. I mean, they're, yeah. they're provincially. The nice thing is a lot of the political, well, actually, not a lot. Some mm. Sometimes the political parties provincially and federally uh, intertwine <laughs> that's a whole other episode, that's a whole other episode but uh sometimes our parties provincially and mm -hmm. federally intertwine and in our province of bc that happens to be the case you know the ndp are the same in bc as they are federally 
Um, so we've seen, we've had the opportunity to really see what the NDP can do as a party in power. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, beforehand we had a coalition, but in our just recent yep. uh, 2020 election, um, we got an NDP majority by a landslide. Which is the first time that's happened in a long time. A long time, yeah. Like pretty much since the inception of the party, if I'm not mistaken. And But BC is a pretty NDP stronghold. Yeah. I mean, federally as well. Federally as well, even mm-hmm. though they don't get the most seats in the party, they know they have seats. Yeah. Vancouver East, you know, Vancouver Kingsway, uh, Comox, mm-hmm. Courtney. Um, you have all these ridings on the island. Right. That are the Cowichan Valley, you know, mm-hmm. that are NDP safe. Like you have, you have quite a few NDP members of Parliament who are pretty popular people, like Jenny Kwan, Jenny Kwan. and from Peter, Peter Julian. Yeah. Peter, sorry, Peter Julian. I believe his name is. Jagmeet and... Singh even chose his writing to be here in yeah. BC. So, mm-hmm. and he's from Ontario. So <laughs> that that you know, I think it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the we have about a minute before we go on break. Is there anything else you want to touch on about the NDP? Um, I think that we should maybe cover how the NDP went from having the second being the opposition party to where they are now, the fourth. Yeah. And how we got here. I mean, back in like 2011, they were they were the party of opposition. They were in the position that the conservatives were now. The liberals were the third place party. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I'm going to send this on break, <laughs> but we can talk about this more when we come yeah. back. Welcome back to 338, the Canadian political podcast. My name is Max, and I'm joined by Cole. I don't know why I said that again, because we're in the middle of the episode. We're just going to run with it. Uh, When we left off, we were talking about how the NDP went from a second-place party about a decade ago, and now they're their fourth-place party in the country behind probably the most regionalist party, which we'll get to in a second. But first, why do you think that the NDP has fallen off? I think a level of racism um, because Jake Meeseng is later, mm-hmm. he is has a beard. He wears a turban. Mm-hmm. He's of South Asian descent. He, you know, I think that uh, any rural ridings the NDP kind of held, especially. I mean, if we look at Quebec, any ridings they held Quebec. I'm not going to say Quebec is racist, but I'm not going to say Quebec's policy isn't racist. And and like <laughs> the the Bloc Quebecois has a lot of left wing policies, mm-hmm. a lot like the NDP. There's more regionless whereas the NDP covers more of a ground especially up north in the west yeah and some parts of the east speckled in there yeah, in like Ontario but yeah. they they lost a lot of seats in Quebec they last did. Election, yeah um, it's it's interesting because I think that also played a role but I also think Jagmeet Singh's ineffectiveness as a leader <laughs> played a role um I don't think you know he from what I've seen, I think he likes to come out with these big statements, mm-hmm. and it's kind of great, but it's also like, okay, what are you going to do about these big statements? Yeah. When you don't hold a lot of power in government, yeah. it's hard to do that. It's it's really hard. I mean, you're the fourth party mm-hmm. in power. You're not going to get necessarily everything you want done. The only thing he's getting, the only reason he is getting things done is because we are in a minority government. Yeah. If we had a majority, who cares about Jagmeet Singh? You know, <laughs> which like, is why I'm pretty much, which is why I'm a pretty big fan of a minority yeah. government. Um, it's pretty ineffective in the ways of getting stuff done. <laughs> like I, when let's take our own province of BC as an example. When Horgan, our, the premier of BC, which is the leader of the subdivision of British Columbia, uh, took power as in in a majority role instead of minority role. Uh, we've seen massive we've, things already get done. <laughs> massive things have already gotten done in like three months since our last provincial election. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting to me because I mean his. 
his minority was only being held up by two votes from the Green Party, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean, uh, he had to run things by two people to make sure they got done. Um, whereas this, you know, Trudeau has options. Mm-hmm. He can rely on the Bloc and the Greens, or yeah. he can rely on the NDP and the Bloc and the Greens. Yeah. You know, he has options. If the NDP say no to something, he can go, well, I'll work it out with the Bloc. Yeah, here's a bit of a problem when it comes to the NDP, the Greens, and the Bloc Quebecois. They have similar platforms with slightly different modifications. NDPs was created around unions, the idea of unions back in the mid-20th century. Uh, the Greens, pretty much like any other Green Party you'd see around the world, is more centered around environmental issues. And the Bloc Quebecois is a bit special where it's... Um, Quebecois issues. Quebecois issues, which historically Quebec has been a bit of different, like... It's a it's a it's yeah. a whole topic. It's we'll a it's, it's a whole topic. They're the only uh, province without English as a official as without mm-hmm. an official language. New Brunswick has both English and French, and that's the only. Kind of like they both. were they were a colony that was colonized. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> had they had I believe it was two referendums to leave over the last fifty years. However, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. No. The youth are well. Who knows with regionalism? It's growing. Yeah. So um, depends on what happens with the West. But we're, we're, I'm sorry, we're getting a bit off track This would be a good time to switch to the Green Party. The Green Party, okay. So. Want to tell us a bit about the Green Party? Yeah, school? so the Green Party is run by Annemi Paul. Uh, mm-hmm. She's the first black uh, Canadian to run a party, which is really interesting. Um, and it's not surprising the Green Party, they're the first. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, she doesn't hold a seat at the moment. Um, Toronto Centre, right? Toronto Centre. So uh, Bill, Mar- Bill, Mar- Bill Marno. Uh, our previous finance minister mm-hmm. uh, with liberals had a little bit of a scandal mm-hmm. and uh, he stepped out of office and uh, Toronto Centre was up for grabs. Um, I don't think it was the smartest writing for her to run in. It's, um, yeah, sort of like Jagmeet Singh and Burnaby. So, yeah, it's, it's like, a very liberal stronghold, that writing. Um, I mean, the Liberal Party has big roots in Ontario and Toronto Centre is a liberal stronghold. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was a smart choice for her to run there. I mean, she couldn't um, have really run out of the Sandwich Gulf Islands either. Yeah. Because that's like, Elizabeth that is May. May. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth May, who I would argue, in many people's opinions, is still the face of the party. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth May is uh, a person who's been in Canadian politics. She's well known, even though her party's small. And she has, I think, effectively actually made some change. Yes, um, um, she 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 was definitely a voice because at one point I believe it was in like after the twenty fifteen election she was the only seat in the Canadian government mm-hmm. that was green before the Nanaimo by election yeah. that brought Manly into the government, but the Green Party they are the fifth place party they're pretty small but they get around I want to say like somewhere between ten and fifteen percent of the vote <laughs> that just has to do with the whole writing system that we have which we can definitely get into if we don't have time for today we'll definitely get into it another time it's it's not at all like the electoral college but it's just a little bit like the electoral college down but, in the, um, States. the green party is really interesting mm-hmm. because to be a green party member uh i mean it sits more to the left but mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to be left to be part of the green party mm-hmm. the green party really has a lot of different members who politically span everywhere it's just they're common kind of goal is mm-hmm. uh green um green economic growth in this country you know climate change 
tackling all different issues of the environment. And you can kind of sit wherever you want politically and yeah. be a member of the Green Party as long as you care about the environment. Yeah, and like they're they're growing a bit. Like they yeah. they they got a hold of Fredericton, which I'm pretty sure was their first seat outside of British Columbia. It definitely was. Uh, Fredericton, for those of you wondering, is in New Brunswick, New Hope, Paul's Week. Um, and the Green Party actually got a seat there last time, which is pretty cool. It's which interesting. It's starting to show a bit of the political diversity that's starting to take hold in this country, right? Yeah. We should probably also mention that um, Enemy Paul is also the first Jewish party leader that yes. we've ever had in history, which is crazy thing that she's the first. <laughs> but <laughs> at um, this point, are we surprised? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I mean, Canadian politics has usually been very white male yeah. dominated. Um, we're, we're seeing a bit of that change. We're seeing that change, definitely. Yeah. I mean... Um, the Green Party it it exists. It, it does. It, it does. It does. It does what it does. It advocates for uh, for environmental change, which is great, and I mm-hmm. think it has a place. It does. Um, and I I think that they um were very outspoken against SNC Lavalin 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 mm-hmm. um back when it happened because pipelines and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing going through British Columbian land <laughs> and Alberta land. Um, they, they're a very small party. They're the smallest party that we have in parliament, but they're also very vocal. They're very vocal and they might be the minority, but they're a loud minority. They're a loud minority. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Elizabeth, you know, not, I, we haven't really seen, uh, anime Paul yet. Mm-hmm. She, we haven't had an opportunity to really see what she's like or what she'll do. October, 2020, yeah. right? That's when she took pull the green party after elizabeth may stepped yeah. down and elizabeth may is still the face of the party and i think yeah. she will be for a long time like uh, if you've ever been to a riding Saanich gulf islands <laughs> they love her there <laughs> like the, i was once at a festival before <laughs> the pandemic obviously i want to preface that uh on main island which is <laughs> one of the gulf islands and like they just absolutely love her there there's a lot of people going and meet trying to meet her like she might be the most popular mp out there <laughs> yeah i think and she's captivating, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember watching the last debates of the 2019 election, and she was just calling out Andrew Shear on his bull. And <laughs> oh, you can swear we have the explicit tag. It's oh, fine. we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was calling out Andrew Shear on his bullshit consistently, and it was really refreshing because the other party leaders were kind of doing it, but Elizabeth May just kind of put it down and said, "Hey, yeah. you're not going to win this election, buddy." Oh. And was she right? She was she, right. she was really right, wasn't she? Yeah, she's. I think it was something along the lines of, "I'll bet you twenty mm-hmm. bucks or something that you won't win," and he didn't. So I guess Elizabeth May got twenty bucks. Um, I'm really excited to see what Enemy Paul can do for the Green Party, um, especially with the ever-growing Green Party and. Like what we have seen over the last couple of years with the Green Party. You know what? Forward. I will. I won't lie. I'm a little worried. I hope she can grow it out more in Ontario, mm-hmm. but I'm scared that the leader not being in BC mm-hmm. will have some effects because the Green Party is. Um, oh, it's it's uh, very centered around the Vancouver uh, Island in general. The Vancouver Island, very British Columbia, and you know, it's it's mm-hmm. something that here in BC, I think we can relate to more because we do live in a very beautiful province with lots of natures of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the most diverse places for nature in our country. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of the environment, I mean, we have oceans, rainforests, we have 
So like some or of the best, best national parks, maybe yeah. other than Alberta. I'll have to give Alberta that. I mean, they but don't have Pacific Rim, though. They don't so. have Pacific Rim National Park, which is like the westernmost um, national park in Canada. It's that, the most beautiful, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's if you've ever gotten the chance to go there, it's amazing. But I, I'm sorry, we are clearly biased. But like, <laughs> we are biased. We're from BC, but it's the yeah. most beautiful province. I mean, I've never lived on Vancouver Island. You have. I have. It's It's amazing. It's very green. It's very um, green. My old MP was a green MP, so yeah. I lived in Nanaimo, and uh, uh, my MP was Paul Manley, and mm-hmm. um, he seems like a favorite as well. He is pretty popular. I got mm-hmm. a newsletter from him actually while I lived there, mm-hmm. and it was just basically him saying, "Sorry guys, I had to vote with the Liberals on this thing mm-hmm. because yeah, you know, it had to get done," which I kind of appreciated. I was like, at least he's not like saying like you know like not nothing, or he's not saying, "Oh yeah, like I fully support." Like, he's kind of being like. Yeah, I kind of had to, but like, you know, it's what's best. I'm pretty sure my grandfather helped out with this campaign a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah? I'm not quite sure. He's but... he's an interesting guy, for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and the Greens, I think that they will never be a big party. Yeah, no. But they, they have their place and they serve a purpose at the end of the day. And that purpose is to advocate for environmental policy in Canada and also some left-leaning policy that is further mm-hmm. left than the NDP. Yeah, some of it definitely is, mm-hmm. and I think that that they serve that purpose and they fulfill a role that would be very missed if we did not have the Green Party. I, I would argue that they sit pretty much exactly on the political axis where the NDP sit, mm-hmm. but there's there's a bit more political varied. Like the NDP is very clustered left, mm-hmm. but you can get you can have I've met a right wing Green person. Before. Yeah, you can meet right wing. It's not rare. It's not rare. Um. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a fun, cool little party, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the party works in the future. So um, move on to the block. I should probably move on to the block. Would you Quebec like to book. pronounce his name? Because right. I cannot. Um. So <laughs> the party leader of the Bloc Québécois is Yves François Blanchet. Uh. He is the um. He runs out of the riding of Belleuil Chamblé, which is uh. I guess I'm pretty sure you guys can guess where that is. Um. It's in Quebec. It is the only major political party in Canada to be applicable to one province and they are the third place party in our country. Like so, five years ago, we thought they were dead. Now they're back. Now they're back. They rose from the dead. And I we feel bad because in our trailer episode we t- we said that they were a fringe party. They most certainly are not. Not anymore. Not anymore. They not were anymore. at some point. I but. mean I remember growing up learning about uh, government in school and everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh the Bloc Quebecois, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like the Bloc Quebecois. <laughs> like <laughs> like I mean the Bloc Quebecois, it's it's a very interesting party. Yeah. I mean, um when you look at Quebec as a whole, mm-hmm. it's an interesting place. It's mm-hmm culturally different than the yeah. rest of Anglo-Canadian Canada. Sorry. Like if you if yeah. you look at the rest of Canada, it's very much so like um Protestant mm-hmm. and Sikh and Muslim mm-hmm. outside of Canada. In Quebec it's very Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. they have different immigration policy than what mm-hmm. we do. And you know it it really is the I think the Bloc Quebecois encapul- encapsulates uh, mm-hmm. regionalism to yeah. a T. I mean like they they've been part of Quebec's politics for well, I mean, longer than we can remember, yeah. right? And mostly because Quebec is different linguistically and culturally. And culturally, but we love it. Yeah. Like, we I love mean, Quebec. I speak French. It's it's I do not. My grandpa's from Quebec, so mm-hmm. I you know I hear from him about certain things and um 
It's just, it's a totally different world. I mean, mm-hmm. it's Canada, but it's French Canada. Which it's is, French Canada. Like, and, if, you, if you go to Montreal, you'll be able to speak English, but, like, there's always going to be the French undertone. All the metro stations have Montreal, or, sorry, they have French names. You know that I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, but if you go to somewhere like Trois-Rivières, it's mm-hmm. no English. Yeah. Or Quebec City, even. Quebec City has low English. So. Yeah, and when you go to a city like Ottawa, which, which is in Ontario that borders Quebec, I think Ottawa is awesome it's bilingual it's it's, max. it's bilingual city to the max half their city or half their like metro names are french canadian or, or french and half of them are english and ottawa borders quebec and ontario so it's it's a pretty cool place but, by uh, the way it's the capital of canada <laughs> so but the block i mean i mean when i think about the block and how their main goal is to advocate for mm-hmm. quebec I would rather think of them in a different role than they are in now, more kind of closer to the greens. Yeah. I would I would want that kind of role for them because they have a place for sure. Mm-hmm. They have a place and they deserve to have a place in parliament. I think because Quebec definitely is a whole issue within itself in Canadian politics and how we, you know, navigate Quebec issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they have a place, but I don't necessarily know if I want them as my third party in government. Uh, because yeah. I mean, you have a, a very biased party to one part of the country helping to make policy decisions in this minority government. Yeah. It, w- it would be like if there was like uh, Alberta separatist party, yeah. which we're getting yeah. kind of close to. We're getting, if we're being getting honest. close to. Which, um, yeah. How much do you know about his writing, Belloy Chamblay? Nothing. I, I I would argue that I think it's a pretty rural writing. In mm-hmm. I mean, the block actually doesn't necessarily just have all rural writings. It does have some bigger it, cities it, and it towns. Some seats. Yeah. They hold some seats in Quebec City, Montreal, Montreal yeah. But it is pretty big. In rural Quebec. Joliet. I'm pretty sure Joliet is also. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, if my memory serves me right, I believe the Gaspé Peninsula is pretty big for them. Oh, yeah. The entire peninsula is super big. I know some people who live on the Madeline Islands mm-hmm. um, in the Bay of St. Lawrence, and it is a block riding. Yeah. Um, but, like, when you look at the history of Gaspésie, Les Îles Madeleine, like it is very like that is that is where the Bloc Quebec West movement started. If I'm not even, if I'm yeah. not correct, because that's like the most French Canadian part of the country, mm-hmm. and th- they have always been a Bloc Quebec West stronghold. They've been one of the only few ridings that have been. I believe it was like Gas Gaspé Les Îles de Madeleine. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the riding is called, but. I don't know much about Belle Chamblay, but I'm pretty sure it's a stronghold for the Bloc Québécois. I imagine it would be, especially with him as leader, mm-hmm. um, running at that riding. Um, I mean, the Bloc, they definitely have been doing things in this yeah. government currently. Uh, they've been helping Trudeau out and not helping Trudeau out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would say the Bloc works more so with the Liberal Party. Mm-hmm. I mean... So outside of the Bloc Quebec, well, the Liberal is the French Party of Canada. Mm-hmm. The Liberal Party advocates for French rights more than any other party. And Trudeau himself like, is from Quebec. So, yeah, his, um, his writings, Pat Pino, So Yeah, so I mean, mm-hmm. the the Liberals and the Quebecois, I think, work pretty well together. Yeah. Um, conservatives, and I think that's where a lot of problems come with the Bloc as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, conservatives don't win in Quebec. Yeah, no, and neither does the NDP mm-hmm. or the Greens. You, it's liberal and block. It's liberal and block in, in and Quebec attempted and... PPC, but <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a we'll second. Get to that in a minute, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think the conservatives are part and partly um, responsible for the creation of the block. 
because I think the Conservative Party definitely has had a history of ignoring French Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the top priority. They're more of a Western Canadian party, if we're being honest. If you think about it, they really cater to what Alberta wants, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and even northern rural parts of British Columbia. So yeah. um, I think the bloc was kind of born out of that as well, because, I mean, mm-hmm. this last election, Quebec said no to Conservatives. Like, they, they, they shocked all of us. We thought that they we, we thought that the bloc was pretty much, like, Dead. done for. Yeah. We thought that the NDP pretty much replaced them as, like, a majority left-wing party. I think Quebec as a whole is pretty content with the Liberal Party. Yep. But I think, um, I think, I think like a uh, prime minister of French Canadian descent will help that. Yeah. But like as well, he's done a lot for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I think if I think we were all expecting a conservative government in our last election, if if I'm being honest, I think a lot of us were expecting that or expecting that outcome, and you know, I think in retaliation the bloc came back and said, uh-uh, Quebec will be represented by people who care about Quebec." Yeah. Um, and boy, did they. Did they, 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 they really spoke. The bloc spoke last yeah. election. And like, whenever the next election will be, probably a couple of years down the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think that they'll still have a stronghold next election. Mm-hmm. As oh, well. I, think, I think it will tone down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it will. I think regionalism has cooled down a little bit. The, uh, well, well uh, the pandemic actually helped regionalism the pan- a bit. The pandemic has kind of brought us more together as Canadians. Yeah. Um, and I think because we all fair, share a common struggle, which usually yep. brings communities together. Mm-hmm. Um, but Or drives them apart. And or think, drives them apart. And, and I think we've been pretty lucky when it comes to that. Yeah, I think uh, we've come closer together. Yeah. Um, but the block is going to be fun to watch. It'll mm-hmm. be fun to see if they gain power, lose a little bit of power, stay where they are. Yeah. Um, over the next 10 years will be an amazing thing to watch what the block does. Yeah. And so we have one more party that we would that we kind of have to talk about i think um that's the people's party of canada they are the only quote-unquote major party of canada that doesn't hold a seat in parliament at 338 ridings um the party leader is maxime belnier he used to be part of the um used to be part of the conservative party mm-hmm. but then the conservative part he decided that the conservative party was a bit too left for him so then he left it and it's pretty much the equivalent to the Republican Party in the United States nowadays. Yeah. Or, Which in Canada is radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's radical for us. Uh, it's radical to be a Trump supporter up here or any sort yeah. of... like. It, Canada in itself is inherently a bit more left, moderate, than the United States is. Um, it's not a good thing or a bad thing, that's just the truth. Um, I can genuinely call the People's Party of Canada a fringe party yeah. because they don't hold any seating parliament um like i said belnier ran in Beauce last election uh, which is a riding in rural quebec and he lost to the conservatives <laughs> and um that's about it we, we really haven't heard from him since uh, but, he's been trying so mm-hmm. on twitter i follow him and i see things from time to time um i mean the whole emergence of the PPC was kind of interesting as we yeah. watch. Um, like the conservative, like we I mean, said earlier. Not just Canada is going further left or further right. The whole world is going further mm-hmm. left or further right. Depending France. On France, the US, Brazil. England, Brazil. It, you, you can see mm-hmm. it all over. South Africa. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that the emergence of the PPC was kind of like, whoa, like our mm-hmm. political system is getting a little bit changed. But um, then we, we didn't see him win any seats last election. But it's the beginning. It's the you beginning, know, unfortunately. You know, and, and, uh, 
three elections down the line, they could have a few more seats and a few more mm-hmm. seats. And, yep. Um, anyways, the the PPC had some interesting candidates as well, <laughs> if we want to get into that. Um, One we can. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, first, let's go into Burnaby North Seymour. Burnaby North Seymour. Um, that is... Rocky uh, Dong. That's Terry Beach's writing, correct? Terry Beach's writing. Um, but uh, Rocky Dong was the PPC candidate. He made YouTube videos for his campaign about mm-hmm. him punching trees. And um, they were genuinely funny. They were probably some of my favorite. Well, they're not really meant to be satirical, though, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think he was trying to go for funny, but like, okay. like he definitely like i think he got more votes because of it because people were actually like wow this guy's mm-hmm. kind of funny and like well the the ppc pretty much is the equivalent of the republican party i would yeah. say and um they had definitely like especially in the lower mainland in vancouver there was definitely quite a few interesting candidates angelina um, ireland angelina and ireland our home, running out our home our home riding which <laughs> she she was interesting mm-hmm. i mean we're both pretty left-leaning guys, and she was mm-hmm. the opposite of us. Well, want to talk uh, about Delta Hospice a bit? Uh, yeah, we can go into kind of... Well, I mean, here's the thing. PPC really attracted a lot of... Um, socially conservative. Socially conservative people who were pretty out there. Yeah. Um, and Angelina Ireland is one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so after the election, she lost awfully in this mm-hmm. last election. Um, and she went on to... Um, uh, run to become head of the Delta Hospice Society, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things that this uh, liberal government did, the previous government, um, was pass medically assisted dying. Yeah. So you know, it gives people the right with uh, mm-hmm. the help of their doctor, if they are in terminal terminally ill, to mm-hmm. die and die uh, with dignity and peace. Um, and Angelina Ireland, who was the PPC candidate uh, for Delta, has taken over the Hospital Society, and she is um, refusing to give medically assisted dying care to the, the terminally ill patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's caused quite an uproar in Delta, which yep. Delta is actually a very politically active community. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly. Uh, surprisingly, which is because mm-hmm. it's the most mundane place on the planet. Well, yeah. but Well, I mean... Delta is very interesting in that, like, there's a lot of different political groups, political groups, ethnic groups, religious yeah. groups. It's it's uh, enough about Delta. We, yeah. We've talked a lot about this one small place yeah. in Canada. That's where we live, so yeah. we know the most about it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Angelina Ireland was definitely a little bit out there, and you can see. You know, I would honestly be terrified if she was my MP. Like, I would be like, I do not want that person yeah. representing me in Ottawa. I mean, the PPC in a whole kind of scared me for Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, it still does. It like, still does because, I mean, you know, you don't want to see your country go down this path where um, queer people don't lose rights, immigrants lose rights, mm-hmm. refugees don't have a place to come. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what Canada is, and I think it's what we think about when we think about Canada as a place of inclusion and yeah, um, where everyone's kind of welcome. And I think the PPC would be the party that'd be like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I think the thing is, even though, you know, not everyone in the PPC was necessarily radical, uh, I feel like r- radicalization happens over time. It does. And it would definitely, like, the party start to gain momentum. I mm-hmm. feel like it would have become more radical over time. And it, it's scary to think that could happen in our country because we mm-hmm. look at the United States and we see how the Republican Party and the Democratic Party have both very... Uh, they, radical they, sides to them mm-hmm. and especially the republican party i mean the republican party with the trump base 
is pretty radical in their beliefs and yeah. how things don't exist and all that. And watching the PPC kind of foster that in Canada and mm-hmm. start to foster it in Canada and take it kind of outside of the Conservative Party, yeah. where it's already kind of starting, um, mm-hmm. and make another party that's already kind of fostering this kind of right. radicalism is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And like... By, by no means is the PPC the only free fringe party in Canada. There's also the Marxist-Leninist Party. There's the Communist Party of Canada. There's the, the Rhinoceros Party. The Rhinoceros Party of Canada, which is a joke party that runs out of Quebec. And like, there's the Mara, <laughs> they, they, they found a guy named Maxime Bernier yeah. and put him against Maxime Bernier in his own writing. Um, there's a guy. Uh, there's the marijuana party, which is kind of defunct now because marijuana is legal for those who are of age in Canada. Um, and then there's the Christian Heritage Party, which has seen a steep decline over the last 20 years. They used they they used to be not really a fringe party, but now they kind of are a fringe party. Like like I said, Canada is a veterans party as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean because we're open to multiple party systems. So, yeah, but we have our main parties that get yeah. the coverage. Like like every election, you can bank on the Liberals, the Conservatives, the NDP, the Green, and the Bloc getting seats every time. And there, like, I mean, there's a couple independent MPs. Like, we've uh, seen a couple over Jody, time. Jody Wilson-Raybould is one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if necessarily she was elected because of her way she wanted to do things mm-hmm. or in retaliation to the local government. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the Liberals almost won in her riding as well. I mean, it was a close mm-hmm. a close run. Um, but she's she's an independent. Uh, I think there's a few MPs who have defucted that. Defected, defected, defected <laughs> to. Uh, That's why we're an explicit podcast. Yeah, um, defected to the, the liberals. Uh, starting from liberal to like uh, right. independent, but um, you know, it's independents are kind of in math. I, I feel like you know, it's great that you're representing your community, but what can you mm. get done? Not much, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, I personally like Jody Wilson Raybould. Um. But she doesn't get much done in Parliament. She's, no. And if you look at Canada 338 on the map, it's it's like one gray speck in a sea of blue, orange, and red. Yeah. So a little, little bit of green. Especially her writing in a sea of red. Yeah. I mean, the writing beside her is red. Uh, the two writings beside her are red. The writing above her is red. Mm-hmm. You know, the one writing below her is blue. Yeah. And that would be rich in the center, but mm-hmm. that's about it. All right, um, we're going to take another little bit of a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about um, what's happened in Canadian politics so far in 2021. I'm hoping to make this a bit of a weekly thing uh, so we can talk about what happened throughout the country over the past week. But since we haven't made any podcasts yet, we're just going to talk about what happened in 2021. See you in a second. All right, welcome back. Um, we have a couple questions to get out of the way, especially about how the Canadian parliamentary system works. So, um, Cole, do you want to explain a bit what an MP is? Okay, yeah, so an MP is your elected official to Ottawa. Um, and to be elected MP, you have to win the first-past-the-post system, which works by whoever gets the most votes mm-hmm. in that riding wins. Um, therefore, they are given that seat, and that party is given that seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever party has the most seats, their leader is elected as Prime Minister of Canada, mm-hmm. and therefore they choose the Governor General, um, who is our Queen, because we are a constitutional monarchy. So we have a head of state, which is the Queen of England. Um, she, in representation of her, we have mm-hmm. the Governor General. And we also have a Senate, which is uh, the second house in our government, which approves bills and goes mm-hmm. over them kind of a sober second thought to think mm-hmm. about what this bill will do and where it will go. Um, and Senate members are elected, uh, not elected, they're chosen. 
chosen. And they serve a lifetime role, I believe. Um, I think it's until they turn 75 or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, along those lines. Um, you don't really hear about the Senate. At all. Yeah, Senate's not really that important. I, well, it's important, it's but important, it's not... But... It's not as important as, let's say, our elected body. It's not where the it's not where the magic happens. Yeah. The magic happens in Parliament with the three hundred thirty eight members, which is also sort of why our name is three hundred thirty eight. Um, <laughs> but but why is there three hundred thirty eight? Uh, so basically, our writings are chosen based on uh, population and community. So mm-hmm. our home writing, again, to come back to it, is actually a great example. Uh, it used to be two different writings, North Delta Newton and mm-hmm. South Delta Seaston. And New- Newton's in Surrey. Uh, Seaston is in Richmond. Yeah. Um, so our writing was, our actually, our city was split into two. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of two other cities. But now it's Surrey different. Like, Delta is now a fast-growing city that has over 100,000 people <laughs> in it, which is why we can become, this is why we became our own writing. Yeah, so we are now our own writing called mm-hmm. Delta. Um, and I think it's actually a better reflection uh, yeah. because uh, unlike the United States where uh, politicians are allowed to gerrymander, mm-hmm. in Canada, you can't really do that. Yeah. Uh, we do have an um, official unbiased organization, Elections mm-hmm. Canada, who decides... Shout out to Elections Canada. Shout out to Elections Canada. We love Elections Canada. Yeah. Um, who decides how our writings are split up and, you know, where... Um, they should be and how big they should be and what communities they should include. Yeah. Um, e- each one contains about a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Um, with the exception of three notable ones, uh, Yukon, Northwest Territories, and Nunavut, which are the three, Canada's three which territories. The entire territory which, is yeah. writing, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big space for one person to represent. Mm-hmm. But again, the low population kind of allows for that. Like, it's important to recognize that I don't think, and I don't think any of them have a population of about 50,000 people. Yeah. So, like, it's important that they have representation in Parliament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, Oh, it's kind of a messy way of doing it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Shout out to Elections Canada. Yeah, so right now we have many parties in mm-hmm. power in, in Parliament. Liberals having the most power. Yeah. Conservatives, Bloc, NDP, Green. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for those of you who, who I guess don't know, but most of you probably do, our capital is Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So MPs fly between their ridings mm-hmm. in Ottawa on uh, sometimes a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're, we're a big country, right? We are like, a huge country. Ottawa is like a five-hour, six-hour flight. From Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. And like I can't even imagine what it's like for the Yukon MP. But. Yeah. <laughs> it must not be fun. Um, yeah. So And there's definitely... Um, it's interesting because there are definitely accessibility issues with getting up to certain parts of Canada mm-hmm. um, for MPs to get to Ottawa. I'm sure yeah. this gets figured out, but uh, you know, for someone who is an MP on North British Columbia or Northern Alberta, mm-hmm. you know, airports aren't necessarily super accessible. Yeah, um, like Canada is rural. Like we are. Like mm-hmm. a, like I mean. The, the, the big cities are big, and then everyone else lives in rural like, yeah. parts of the country. Yeah, and majority of people live in the big city. I yeah. mean, between Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and Calgary, mm-hmm. that's a lot of people. Our four biggest cities. Our four biggest cities. Um, um, yeah. And, you know, parliament is, I, I think it's a great system. Mm-hmm. I like a parliamentary system. I enjoy that we are a constitutional monarchy. I think, you know... Even though it was built through colonization, it is still a nice historical legacy for us. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the queen doesn't actually hold any power. Mm-hmm. Or she does, but she just doesn't use it. it because, like, you know. Yeah, she doesn't interfere in our, our government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the setup of our government is well thought out. I like the idea of the Senate giving a mm-hmm. second sober thought to policy and bills. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have that second overlook of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to have someone from your community representing you yep. in Ottawa. Especially if you, especially if like one of your, especially if your MP is like a cabinet minister. Yeah. Right? Which ours, ours actually is. is ours, <laughs> yeah. So Carla is. Shout out Carla. Shout out to Carla. Um, our, our MP is. Carla Coltrow, she is the Minister of the Workforce and Employment and mm-hmm. Accessibility, mm-hmm. Um, which is great. And that's something I really enjoy about this mm-hmm. cabinet, actually, is that the people who are in the roles of cabinet actually have something to do yep. with that role. You and know, even the backbenchers play, yeah. play a major role in the country. Like, it, it, pretty much everything goes to a vote. Yeah. And parties will usually vote along party lines. Mm-hmm. And but there every vote counts. Yeah, every... Like, everyone is represented in government. Mm-hmm. Unless you vote for, like, a fringe party or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every party has some say. And yeah. I know that, let's say, um, a certain riding elected a conservative instead of a liberal, mm-hmm. a local liberal MP will advocate for issues on behalf of the liberals of that riding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah. great. That's that's really nice. And I think it allows everyone to kind of be represented. Um but yeah, I think our, our government system is nicely set up. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that our elections seem less unbiased and you know more free than American elections. Yes. And um, there's there's less gerrymandering there. Like, our our institution of elections Canada, yeah, I'm really thankful for. I think it's really great that we have that unbiased institution in our country mm-hmm. that helps us with our elections mm-hmm. and doesn't interfere um you haven't you haven't voted federally yet right oh man i can't wait <laughs> i know i have and i remember it was really well done really well set up it makes a lot of sense scrutineering um mm-hmm. it's really great you get to go in and watch the votes be counted um to make sure that every vote is legal and yeah. fair which is really nice. It might not be as fast as electronic voting, mm-hmm. but it's it's a show of democracy, yeah. which is, I think, appreciated by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, so our government is pretty much how it's run, and we have a lot of cabinet ministers for all different things. Mm. And, like, the opposition party will have their own cabinet members. Shadow, shadow, sh- shadow members. Shadow members. And, like, they, they basically just try and play the role that they would play if mm-hmm. they were in power. So the Conservative Party has their own set yeah. of cabinet and you can't see that i'm doing the air quotes thing actually that's some big news the conservative mm-hmm. shadow minister for the uh finance and the economy just stepped down really uh pierre polvier oh right yeah. uh, i'm not a huge fan mm-hmm. um of him but you know he just stepped out and he was a pretty big face of the conservative party mm-hmm. um him along with some other notables like michelle rempel and mm-hmm. andrew Scheer and aaron o'toole are some of the biggest names of the party right so for him to step down is and kind of interesting i mean it's not something I was expecting. Yeah, that's that's not. Yeah, the. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's a pretty good segue into talking about what's happened so far in 2021, and the answer is not a whole heck of a lot. Not a whole heck of a lot. Uh, the and, pandemic has definitely slowed things down. Yeah. Um. First thing to talk about is Justin Trudeau's transit plan. Uh, that was brought into Parliament. It was either a week or two weeks ago. 
I'm excited about that. Um, I'm personally a huge advocate for public transportation across the country, and this will help pretty much every major city from Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. Like, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone's listening from Toronto, but I'm pretty sure the Union line's getting expanded. Or sorry, not the Union line, the um, uh, Young University line's getting expanded as well with this thing. And then Montreal is getting a huge transit upgrade, and mm-hmm. so is Vancouver, Vancouver eventually. Yeah, um, especially with the plans. We have mm-hmm. pretty big plans in Vancouver, so mm-hmm. to see this be um, able to help those plans, mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. I mean, we have considered the best transit system in North America. Which, uh, Montreal might be giving us a run for our money. Montreal now, but, might, but hey, we can stay ahead with this new new funding. Um, uh, yeah, I believe it was uh, what was it, fifteen billion he pledged to spend over the next I, ten years, eight, eight years, eight yeah. years on public transportation. Uh, honestly, great. That will help with all the new uh, transit lines going into Montreal. That will help all the new transit lines going into Toronto. That will help the Surrey Langley expansion in Vancouver. UBC expansion. UBC expansion in SFU Vancouver. Gondola, if we oh. ever get that SFU gondola. A running joke in Vancouver is that SFU just will never have the gondola. Um, <laughs> Students will have to hike up the mountain in the snow. Um, yeah. Should we move on to the Proud Boys? That was uh, a pretty yeah. Big thing. So, Back in January, I believe it was, uh, Jagmeet Singh and the NDP party brought up a parliament that uh, the Proud Boys and other terrorist groups should be designated as a terrorist group. And the Liberals tweaked the bill a bit, and boom, they got it yeah. done. And there was, I think it was more than just the Proud Boys. I think there was about 12 yeah, which organizations is, that were... Like, obviously, white supremacy has no place in society, yeah. especially in a country that is so diverse and, like... like and, you know, I'd be really interested to see how the Conservatives voted on this. Again, going back to their identity crisis. I, I do think that they voted in favor of it. Like they Did voted, all of them, though? Because Maybe not all of them. I mean, if we look back even, um, I think it was beginning of January, end of mm-hmm. December, um, there was a bill uh, that was to ban conversion therapy in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and notable Conservatives... Uh, didn't vote, abstained from voting, right. or voted no. I think there was a few abstentions from the yeah. bill. And, like, I don't know. I'm, let's, I don't know. It's probably me, not best to get into that. But To me, I'll be honest, to me that screams, um, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm racist by, not, by voting to oh. say no, but... Yeah. Uh, so yeah. if I just abstain, it's less of a statement, which I don't appreciate. Yes. Um, you know, we're two white people, and mm-hmm. we know that white supremacist groups are not good for anyone. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's, it's, it's time for them to grow up, It's honestly. common sense. Yeah. It's, it's common sense. And this goes back straight to their identity crisis, though. Where is the party going? Is it going yeah. for the right? Is it going for their left? You know, we'll all, have to wait and see. All I can say is good for the NDP and Jagmeet Singh. Good for the Liberals and Justin Trudeau. And the block. Good for the block who voted in favor of yeah. the bill. And good for the Greens who also voted in favor of it. White supremacy has no place, no in, place. Cur- in current society. And we want to make that very clear from the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, moving on. An- another thing that happened was the C- C- sorry, not the CERB, but the CRB and the EI was extended. You want to discuss that a bit? Yeah, so... Um... Basically, we've come out with a whole bunch of new social programs since Mm -hmm. the start of COVID, just over a year ago. Um, And our country really needed them in that time, I think. Um, CERB is done, but it was the first. And it was a big 
big thing that I think a lot of people needed. Um, the CRB and EI, which we already had EI before the pandemic. Um, you know, if you mm-hmm. lost your job or whatever, you couldn't keep working, you could go on EI, employment insurance. Um, and they've kind of reformed EI now mm-hmm. uh, due to the pandemic because they kind of realized that CERB wasn't really affordable. I mean, $2,000 a month to everyone who lost their job or couldn't go to work. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. so, but EI, they kind of reformed EI. They said, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And they keep extending it. The, which is good. Which is good. And, you know, this is actually something that I think that the liberals have done really well, uh, to handle this pandemic. Shocker. Shocker. I, I know. <laughs> um, but no, but I think actually these social programs that have been created in the last year mm-hmm. out of nowhere, thin air, I mean, it's been well done. It's helped a lot of people. Maybe not enough yeah. people, but it's helped a lot of people. And, and like it's it's good. And it's... these changes won't go away now. That's the nice thing. You know, we can keep building on this to further help in our society from people who lose jobs or companies that need help, especially small businesses. Um, so it's, it's it's really exciting to keep seeing these programs get extended mm-hmm. and seeing how our you know even though we're in a pandemic, which totally has been the worst yeah um you know to see that the pandemic has also made us go we need to reform our ei system mm-hmm. is exciting it is it's 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 exciting to see that our country uh in is such a dark time is learning and making the changes we need yeah and we've learned in many different facets of life from transportation to just the general like economy and stuff like ei mm-hmm. and honestly i think it's moving our country in a better place than it was mm-hmm. probably about a year and a half ago like the economy is struggling a bit mm-hmm. right now which um but we're that. in a global pandemic so. yeah we are we are in a global pandemic so can't really it's hard it's hard to really put place blame especially when so many people are losing their jobs because of the pandemic <laughs> um blue economy plan okay so this is something that i actually just stumbled upon on twitter mm-hmm. um and basically it's a new economy plan to boost um uh economy the economy in ocean and kind of um i don't know the word i'm looking for but like uh basically jobs that revolve around the oceans Mm -hmm. so fishing kind of all those kinds of things um not only to boost those jobs and create more jobs and workers um, but to also create more uh environmental policy and regulations on these Mm -hmm. jobs to make sure that we have clean oceans down the line um, something big that this government promised uh, during the election was to protect, I think it was like 25% of Canada's land and oceans, mm-hmm. which that's a pretty big portion of land considering the size of our country. Um, 25%, that's a quarter. Um, so it's like if you took Canada into four pieces and a quarter of it's protected, yeah. which is a lot. Um, so I think this is a really great step and hopefully this helps on with that. I mean, you know, we've seen... You know, when you're going to school, you hear about explorers who came to Canada from mm-hmm. Europe and hear them talk about the way the fish were in the oceans and everything and how mm-hmm. it's like you can walk on the water because there's so many fish. Not like that anymore. Um, no. And, you know, especially out on the East Coast, overfishing has been a problem for a while. Yeah. Um, so to see the minister who was from the East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, implement these jobs and these plans um she's, from Nova Scotia? uh i don't remember her writing but she's from the east she's not in maritime province um it was jonathan wilkinson from north van okay. and switched um I and see. he became environment and she became oceans of fisheries um anyways so 
um, I think it's really great that that they're introducing this plan that will not only grow the economy surrounding the ocean and grow jobs surrounding you know different ocean related jobs such as fishing and all these kinds of uh, jobs, but you know also protect the ocean at the same time right. and protect species. It's it's great to see and. You know, it's kind of a middle kind of mm-hmm. moderate stance where we say we're going to protect the ocean, but we're also going to grow jobs mm-hmm. and grow the economy around our ocean. Um, yeah, that's I, th- I think that's pretty much all we have to cover today. Um, we're going to try and hopefully make this a weekly thing with episodes releasing on Mondays. And yeah, it's we are currently available on the three platforms I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Player FM, Anchor.fm and Spotify. Uh, hopefully by the time this comes out we'll be on apple podcasts and maybe google podcasts what was itunes yeah i don't know um if you liked it uh please leave a review wherever you can um we don't really have any social media for the podcast ourselves but we're hoping to get that out there pretty quickly um so far we're just going to be promoting it on our own uh anything you want to add before we sign off i think that's a good yeah we're just going to start promoting it more and more and hopefully it picks up mm-hmm. i mean we could talk these... about this for hours yeah we have talked about it for hours which is why we're this, doing this this really grew out of us just sitting mm-hmm. in your car talking about politics for like four hours at a time <laughs> and we're like we should record this we have some good ideas <laughs> yeah um and you know with you being super heavily involved in urban development and public infrastructure and stuff you it, mm-hmm. it is politics it is politics. and me being more involved in government and the government politics. side is politics <laughs> yeah. so um and we're both different i mean i'm more moderate you're more left yeah um, i'm hoping to get someone who's a bit more right on at some point as a guest yeah um, the problem is most people our age aren't right yeah so uh it's finding someone yeah finding someone's the main issue i'm like i know that we sound a bit biased just because we are everyone has their own biases um we, we try to give information in the best way possible and unfortunately our bias might tap into that a little bit um aside from that uh we will see you next monday which i believe is march 1st and this episode will be releasing on february 22nd 2021 um yeah see you later